riverreporter.com. And from listener donations at wjffradio.org. Welcome to the local edition news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Jason Dole. Coming up tonight, Sullivan County loses its public health coordinator, Nancy McGraw. Also, an 80-foot-long glass wall collapsed at Resorts World Catskills. We have the details on this with the weekly news roundup with Joe Abraham and Sullivan County Democrat coming up in the second half of the program. But first, a Monticello resident is Sullivan County's new recycling coordinator. We're going to talk to her about what it's like to return to where she grew up to serve the community and also talk about recycling. Joining us now on the phone is Sullivan County's newest recycling coordinator, Cassie Thelman. Thank you so much for joining us, Cassie. Hi, thanks for having me. So uh, how how new are you? When did you start in this position? I actually just started the beginning of October, so I've been here a little over a month. Okay. Almost two months now, I guess. <laughs> and and uh, how's it been so far? Oh, very good so far. Um, there's a quite a big learning curve, but I'm figuring out figuring it out, and everybody's been very helpful. So, uh, so far, so good. And I know you spent. Maybe we can talk a little bit about what you did before this, but you spent um, uh, nearly seven years uh, doing inspection and operations with uh, Orange County Materials Testing Firm. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Yep. So when after I graduated school, I started work right away with Advanced Testing Company, and we did work here in Monticello at the casino um, when they were building the new casino. That's how I got hooked up with them. Um, so I did. I spent almost seven years there, and uh, it was I was looking for a change and to get back in Sullivan County, and and this opportunity arose, and that's how I ended up back here. And you you say back here because I guess we should start the story where it begins. You you uh, uh, you graduated from Sullivan West uh, High School here in Sullivan County, uh, and then went on to Binghamton. Yep. Well, I actually I graduated from Sullivan West, and then I went to SUNY Sullivan for two years, um, and then I went on to Binghamton University. And uh, yep, then I went right to advanced testing. I'm from Bethel. My family is from Bethel. Uh, my parents were originally from Monticello. Um, so we've we've been here our whole lives, and uh, now I live in Monticello. You're somebody who grew up in the area. You went to school in the region. You went to you know SUNY Sullivan and Binghamton, and now here you are. You're back in Sullivan County working for the county. How does that feel? It feels really good. I I think growing up, uh, you know, there was a little bit of controversy about you know you know as always with. My student, fellow students, you know, not wanting to get out of the area. And I, the only time I really left was to go to school in Binghamton. But I, I like it here and I'm happy to be back here. Great. And I, I ask you that as somebody, you know, who, who did the same thing, essentially. You know, I went to, I went to school in the area. I went to Sudie Sullivan and now here I am. I'm still, still <laughs> in the area where, where I grew up and there's, there's not a lot of that in Sullivan County. There's so many people that leave. So I specifically asked yeah. you because I think it's something that's worth pointing out and it's great to see. And I, you know, and I love all the mix of people that we have here come from all different places, but it's also really cool to see when 
you know, people that grew up in the area are still here serving the community. So let's talk about that service to the community uh, in the capacity of recycling. Like, what do you do and what do you see as the, the mission ahead of you in the years to come? Sure. So uh, right now I'm, I'm still getting my feet wet, um, figuring out, you know, what exactly Sullivan County does with all of our uh, waste materials. And going forward, I, I hope to be able to help educate our community. You know, a lot of people, especially young people, because we talk about it in school, know what to do and how to separate your materials, like your plastic and cardboard and those types of things. But there's a lot of people who don't know, or maybe there's some confusion about certain materials. So I'm really hoping to get out in the community and um, get that education out there so we can provide a a better product and, and really be able to get these materials to the right place. Yeah, and information keeps changing too. I mean, people might have learned one thing yeah. growing up in school, and then you know the the industry keeps changing. I mean, a lot of people don't even think of recycling as uh, an industry, but at a certain point, you're dealing with a commodity, you're dealing with with a product or, or a resource anyway, um, because because and it's subject to you know market fluctuations and everything exactly, else. Exactly. Yep. So what, yep, are, exactly. what are some of the recent things that have changed that maybe people aren't aware of? Um, well, we're, we are doing single-stream recycling at all of our transfer stations. So what that means is instead of separating your glass and your plastics, um, we, we can do a single uh, container and everything can go in one spot. So it makes it a little bit easier on the community and easier um, on our haulers moving the material. Um, Another thing I want to bring up, we haven't really gotten into it too far yet, but we are in the process of working on uh, getting permits for a composting site at our facility in Monticello. So once we get all of our approvals for that, there will be a lot of um, coverage to to let everybody know uh, how we can compost our food scraps from home. And we'll definitely want to talk to you uh, more about that when when that becomes more of a reality that you want to get the word out about. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, do you do you still need to separate the paper stuff out? Okay, here's what here's what I do. I I keep my the the metal or at least like you know the the tin cans of soup things like that, uh, aluminum cans of soda possibly, uh, and then the the recyclable plastics and the glass. Like I keep all those together, but I still separate like the office paper and the cardboard boxes out. Do do I need to be yeah. doing that? Well, right now, yes, that's the way we're doing it. Um, but like you said, the markets are always changing. So um, in the very near future, that could be changing. So we will definitely notify everyone if that does become the case. People drop off their recyclables to one of Sullivan County's transfer stations scattered around the county. Uh, I often go to Ferndale. In the past, I've gone to Rockland. Uh, like you said, the main transfer station and, and the landfill is there in Monticello. Uh, but after people bring their recyclables into the transfer station, what happens next? What happens to them after that? Sure. So uh, we have a whole team here. Uh, we handle our materials. Um, if you're if you as a resident are bringing your materials to anywhere besides Monticello, eventually those materials get brought to Monticello. Um, they get separated here, and then we have vendors who, uh, depending on what type of material, sometimes we bring the material 
um, to, to like, for example, regular garbage waste. Uh, we are responsible for hauling that away, but things like tires, we have somebody come and get those. Um, uh, same thing with like electronic waste. Someone comes and pick, picks that up from us, but uh, either way, it all ends up at Monticello and eventually it gets hauled out of here and, and brought to another facility. And and then they're they're processed further. They go out to the market, something like that. Uh yeah, exactly. Uh, broken down or or sold, uh, depending on on what type of material. Now, uh, coming up, there's there's a holiday coming up where, believe it or not, people like to cut down trees and put them in their houses, and then afterwards. Mm, yeah. <laughs> They've got a lot of trees that they got to get rid of, and, and not everybody, you know, has a big uh, backyard with some woods where maybe they can put the tree there. What What do you advise people do with their Christmas trees if they have a real one and they're done with it? Yeah, so if if you have a space at home and you know a, a couple acres, you can definitely keep it at home, uh, out in the woods, or we will be accept accepting them at our transfer stations after the holidays. So I'll be putting up. Um, Flyers about that, you can check out our website or our Facebook page, which is Sullivan County, New York Recycles. I'm typing that into Facebook right now. Sullivan County, New York Recycles. Well, sure, there you are. Look at that. (laughs) Yep, that's us. So we're going to try and... uh... Uh, I'm just getting my feet wet with the Facebook page, but I'm going to try and keep the public updated with what's going on in the county, and uh, that would be a good place. We do update our website as well, but uh, Facebook's a little more personal. A lot more people are on that more often, so we'll keep that updated with uh, upcoming events and news and any changes that we have going on here so everybody knows what's going on. Okay, that's great. And, yes, I just clicked follow, too, so I don't miss anything from <laughs> Sullivan County, New York Recycles, Sullivan County, NY Recycles on Facebook. Of course, uh, information about uh, recycling and all of the county services are available at the primary uh, county website and social media outlets. Uh, Cassie, before we go, is there anything else that you uh, want folks to know? Um, not that I can think of, but uh, if anybody has any questions or unsure of anything, Definitely feel free to give us a call. My number's on the Facebook page and on the website. Or an email. My email's there, too. Okay. And uh, that number is 845-807-0290. That's 845-807-0290. We've been talking to Cassie Thelman, Sullivan County's new recycling coordinator. Cassie, thank you so much for coming back to the area, and congratulations on the position. All right. Thank you so much. And big thanks again and congratulations to Cassie Thelman. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. We're going to keep rolling right along with the news coming up. We'll have our weekly news roundup with the Sullivan County Democrat. But first, news from Albany. New York's former state education commissioner, Dr. John King, is now its state university chancellor after the SUNY Board of Trustees voted King in on Monday morning. Karen DeWitt has more. 
The choice comes after a nationwide search. King, who was raised in Brooklyn, left New York State's Education Department to work as U.S. Education Secretary in the administration of then-President Barack Obama. He also ran unsuccessfully in the Maryland primary for governor earlier this year. Since 2017, he's been teaching undergraduates at the University of Maryland. King, whose parents died by the time he was 12, says public schools saved his life, and he says he wants to continue to provide a sense of safety as well as. High-quality educational opportunities to SUNY students. I know that at SUNY we can demonstrate that equity and excellence go hand in hand. King's a graduate of Harvard, Yale, and Columbia universities. He's also run a charter school in Boston for underprivileged children. He's the second African American to lead SUNY. Governor Kathy Hochul, who appoints the majority of the state university's board of trustees, says King has incredible experience in education, knows New York, and can turn SUNY around. We are looking for a transformative figure, someone that'll come here and re-establish the preeminence that I've always thought that SUNY should have. The reputation that I grew up with as a child—that this is the best public education institution in our nation—and we've slipped. We have slipped a long time. King replaces Jim Malatras, a close associate of former Governor Andrew Cuomo. Cuomo resigned over a sexual harassment scandal in August of 2021. Malatras left SUNY last December after the state attorney general Tish James found that Malatras, when he worked in the governor's office, tried to discredit a colleague. That colleague later accused Cuomo of sexual harassment and fostering a toxic workplace. Malatras, at the time, said the controversy had become a. Distraction. State Assembly Higher Education Chair Deborah Glick praised King for his depth of experience and says she hopes he brings stability to SUNY. Glick says she hopes King will also help fight for increased funding after what she says was years of fiscal neglect under Cuomo. I think his priority will be ensuring that the support that has come to our public university systems under this governor. Governor Hochul continues、uh, and provides the ability to rebuild from what had been, frankly, systematic underfunding through the Cuomo years. Hochul added money to SUNY in her first budget last spring. King, when he was state education commissioner, was the lightning rod for the implementation of the controversial testing-focused policies devised under former President George W. Bush and known as Common Core. Those policies spurred protests among parents and led to a widespread student boycott of the mandatory tests. King was also caught in the middle of a feud between former Governor Cuomo and the state's teachers' unions after Cuomo wanted to tie teacher evaluations to the test scores. Assemblywoman Glick says no one should hold those incidents against King, though. Not necessarily something that the commissioner had a choice about. In New York, the education commissioner does not work directly for the governor. King's challenges as SUNY chancellor also include rebuilding enrollment lost during the pandemic and making up for learning deficits caused by related school shutdowns. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt. Thank you to Karen DeWitt and New York State Public Radio Exchange for that report. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we have the latest on the word that we went into the weekend with that public health director Nancy McGraw and Salma County have been placed on administrative leave. We have new details on that story. Joe Abraham from Salma County Democrat is with us when we return. 
You are listening to the Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. I'm Lakshmi Singh from NPR. It has been a long year full of major news stories. The Supreme Court has eliminated the constitutional right to an abortion. The January 6th committee has begun to lay out what it has learned about this morning as Ukrainians face down the reality of a Russian invasion. Britain's longest-serving monarch has died at the age of 96. The NPR network is here for you, and it takes all of us to make this coverage possible. Donate to the station today, and thank you. This week on Unreserved, the images were shocking. Children huddled in a shack in the winter, sniffing to escape the hopelessness. Inside, they got a lot of anger. That's not their fault. It's the government's fault. 20 years later, and the government is finally moving to decommission Davis Inlet. Inu Nation Deputy Grand Chief Marianne Nui returns to reflect and consider what legacy it will leave the next generation. That's with me, Rosanna Deerchild. Welcome back to the local edition news and information, keeping you connected in the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania, keeping a close eye on Sullivan County today because it is Monday. That's what we do on a Monday. Check in with Sullivan County, which we did in the first half of the program. The second half of the program, we check in with Joseph Abraham, managing editor of the Sullivan County Democrat to get the latest news to Sullivan County Democrats weekly news roundup. And Patricio Rabio spoke to Joe earlier today. This past week's stories, I call it kind of like the unanswered question or like just um, there are a few big topics that were raised, but there's just not a lot of info behind it yet. So, for example, we'll start with, I guess, the most positive of these things I've talked about in the past on the uh, local edition about the county airport and some of the um, investment that's been going on there and uh, also like fuel sales, like, for example, in 2021, they had $400,000 in fuel sales, which was up and then through August, which uh, was 546377 So it already surpassed all of 2021 by August. And we still haven't seen the numbers for the last couple of months, uh, but it's uh, expected to have been pretty nice, dramatic number in the county's favor as far as the fuel sales because of that increased use at the airport. But anyway, the newest addition could be a helicopter charter service. So Public Works Commissioner Ed McAndrew uh, in his report talked about Air Charter Express um, I think they were in Rome, New York previously, um, might be looking for office space and to possibly make the county airport their base. And um, so that's something that's in the works, but there wasn't much more details given other than that. So that's why I said it's one of the topics today where it's like it was mentioned, it's intriguing, but we're going to wait to see um, how this pans out. He had mentioned possibly there being a resolution uh, in time for executive committee which is on the 15th of December. Uh, one thing to note at legislature this week is public safety and uh, public works switched. So typically public works committee is, um, and just for scheduling purposes, I think there are some scheduling conflicts. Uh, usually public works is a second set of meetings for the month. But so uh, Ed had said by like, maybe the, like I said, the last meeting of December, they might have a resolution ready about this potential charter service. Uh, the other topic, which is interesting are some personnel matters. Um, and there's very little that's been released about it, but Public Safety Commissioner Tom Farn has resigned. Uh, the county confirmed reports of that. Uh, his resignation was effective on Monday, November 28th. Uh, currently, County Manager Josh Potosik is in charge of the Division of Public Safety, supported by their existing staff. 
the division currently, I believe the new budget is proposing having a deputy for that division, but currently there is no deputy. So unlike other departments, which we'll get to in a second, where if someone is, you know, on leave or uh, resigns, usually the deputy can fill in. They don't have a deputy. So uh, Josh Potosik is filling in for the time being. Um, transitioning to an unrelated subject, uh, there was also reports out there that Public Health Director Nancy McGraw had been put on administrative leave. Uh, I reached out to Director of Communications, Dan Hoost, who uh, confirmed that uh, to us on Friday. Uh, once again, same case when I asked about Farney with uh, McGraw. In her case, they couldn't comment. Personnel matter, I also reached out to her directly. Uh, she told me she had no comment at this time. And currently, uh, Dan uh, had said that uh, the Deputy Public Health Director, Karen Holden, is currently overseeing operations there. So that's um, kind of where we're going to have to see more come on that if uh, that information, these types of things usually stay pretty quiet until um, some type of uh, resolution is brought to whatever is happening. So we'll continue to monitor that. I just wanted to make sure the resignation and the placement of administrative leave are not related to each other. It's just coincidence that they happen around the same time. Yeah, I'm pretty positive they're unrelated events um, from what I've been hearing uh, off record. Yeah, uh, you know, Farney resigned on his own volition. Um, and uh, as far as, you know, the public health director, I believe that was an administrative decision. So, um, so that's what I've gathered as far as reading between the lines. But, but yeah, what I've gathered two separate um, events, but, um, and as far as other stuff that's coming up from the past, um, in 2017, the Sullivan County Charter Review Commission, this is a group of people that are uh, sort of appointed to this uh, commission every like 10 years to look at the county's charter, see if there's any revisions that are needed. In 2017, they recommended that the county um, adopt a county executive form of government. So uh, I'm not 100% uh, knowing the difference between the two, but what I can say is that the county exec, which is elected uh, countywide position, that would oversee sort of county operations. Ulster County, Orange County have county executives. Dutchess County has a county executive. So their recommendation a few years back was that the county should switch. Uh, they are only advisory in nature. So just because they make a recommendation doesn't mean that it has to be followed through on. They didn't, the legislature, the last legislature did not feel the need to act on that. But, um, our Steingart, the minority leader, uh, who chairs the planning committee at the beginning of his committee was just like, hey, a lot of people have been approaching me recently, asking if we should maybe take a look at this again and um, discuss it at some point. And uh, not to talk about it that day, but just to look at it and see if there's any interest. So he brought that to the attention of his peers. So it looks like we might get that um, discussion again in the future. Back then, um, the group, there was over 10 members of the Charter Review Commission. They uh, had recommended by 9-1 vote to adopt a county executive form of government. They also, back then, also, uh, by anonymous vote, had uh, supported staggered terms, but the legislature didn't act on that either. Um, but it doesn't look like that discussion at this time is going to be revisited. Maybe the county exec went by not staggered terms. And for those unaware of that, right now, like next November, all nine legislative seats are going to be up at one staggered terms. It would allow for, you know, to make sure that you wouldn't have a possibility where all nine people could be, you know, lose at once or and, and have like a whole new group so there's some level of stability uh in the body um and a lot of organizations do stack their terms but uh but for right now they're, they're keeping it at nine um like every all nine being in one year uh, which is every four years so next november is that election 
But county executive, we'll see. I, I, we've been seeing a lot of reports on Facebook. A lot of people who are critical of this current administration uh, have been in support of a county executive form of government. Uh, but, you know, we would, we'll see if, uh, if that comes to fruition. But um, on Friday's show, I gave a quick news brief on an incident that happened at Resorts World Catskills where a glass partition wall in the food court came down. And at that time, I gave a small report. Uh, I believe there were no injuries or major injuries. I don't know if you have any more information on exactly what happened. Yeah. So we got in contact with the state police uh, to earlier today, and they had confirmed that uh, eight people were injured. Uh, when this wall, which uh, measured approximately 80 feet in length, collapsed from the ceiling, from its ceiling suspension. Uh, only one of those injuries were, quote, was serious enough to uh, necessitate a medevac by helicopter to Westchester Medical. The other folks that were injured were transported by ambulance to Garnet Health Medical Center, Catskills, and Harris. And um, all of the injuries were non-life-threatening, which is good news for, for this, um, which could have been a very, a much more terrible events, um, but thankfully no one um, lost their life because of it. Uh, we did hear from a spokesperson from Resorts World who said that the safety and security of their guests and staff is their top priority, and that they were coordinating with local agencies in the affected uh, area will be closed off as uh, they continue to gather more info and just said they were extremely grateful to the first responders who um, quickly arrived to the scene. So Scary situation. You know, I, I believe this was near the food court from what I was uh, picking up on as far as what was uh, out there. And um, so uh, it's, I'm sure, quite terrifying to be, you know, trying to go someplace and not expect for something like this to happen. But like I said, thankfully, no one um, lost their life because of it. So we'll continue to follow up on that. But um, but that was only a series of a uh, number of, uh, you know, pretty crazy first responding events. So How so, Joe? Fallsburg, um, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right. Boozer, Boozer Meat and Deli. It's a, a sandwich shop located on 5215 Main Street. Uh, had a fire on uh, Friday around uh, 5:44 p.m. Uh, it's an older building. Uh, it was about six hours. Firefighters on scene, and uh, uh, some people were displaced from the building. Three firefighters suffered minor injuries. Uh, the other thing that was interesting about it is, uh, I think in this case, I believe that building is a total loss at this point. Um, but Steingart Printing, which is a uh, district eight legislator, Ira Steingart, he's one of the owners of that business nearby, um, suffered some damage as well from uh, water used to fight the fire ending up, I believe, in their basement, um, causing some water damage. But, um, you know, thankfully their business, uh, you know, as he had uh, said in the article, uh, you know, things can be replaced. Thankfully, no one was hurt. So, um, you know, something that was definitely a big event. I also heard that that same fire at the at the meat deli um, actually rekindled on Saturday, I believe Saturday evening. Uh, but yeah, so that, that does, isn't uncommon of fires. It's um, just another fire on Main Street. Uh, there was one earlier this summer, I think in July. So, um, you know, it's interesting when you think about these towns uh, and in these main streets, um, from a historical perspective, you know, it seems like you know, you're losing some of the history because it's a second older building in town that, that is, uh, went up in flames. Um, so that's, um, 
pretty crazy, but no cause in the fire yet uh, as of press time, and it's currently under investigation. So, I'm glad no one was seriously hurt in the fire because the photos I saw on Facebook have were bad. They are the flames were bright and a lot of smoke. So I'm glad that uh, it wasn't any more tragic than just things that could be replaced, like Iris Steingart said. The New York State Health Commissioner, Dr. Mary Bassett, resigned, and there is a Sullivan County connection. What is that connection, Joe? Yeah, so she spent um, a lot of summers up here as a, as a kid um, in the Catskills, and her parents actually had relocated to the, um, I guess I think she was an adult at that point, and they relocated to the Catskills. Um, Priscilla, her mother, is still uh, very active with the uh, Senior Legislative Action Committee Slack, and sometimes you'll see her at public meetings, and, um, you know, was very involved in the community. And her father, her late father, Emmett, uh, also was um, – has a, an amazing resume and background as well as the founding organizer of the Sullivan County Human Rights Commission, as well as a member of the medical school faculty of the first Columbia university and United and university of medicine and dentistry in New Jersey. So, uh, but it was kind of a cool thing when she was appointed as the state's uh, top healthcare official um, recently. And, um, you know, recently stepped down and decided she's actually going to be returning to uh, Massachusetts she had spent some time previously to the Harvard Chan School of Public Health. Uh, so, you know, best wishes to her on her uh, you know, future career endeavors. And uh, But uh, will be an interesting turnover. And there's uh, no word yet on who is going to replace her as the state health commissioner going forward. So, Oh, yes. Yeah, so good luck to her. So, uh, Joe, thank you so much for talking to us on the local edition. Again, it's a packed, it was a packed weekend of news. And great that you're here to sort of dissect it all and let us know what's happening. So we're talking to Joseph Abrahams. Managing Editor for the Sullivan County Democrat. Joseph, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you again next week. All right, catch up next week. For Radio Catskill, I'm Patricio Ravallo. Well, that's all the time that we have for the local edition tonight. But we will be back tomorrow and every weekday night at 6.30. Make sure you never miss an episode of the local edition. Sign up for the local edition podcast from Radio Catskill wherever you get your podcast from. I've been your host, Jason Dole. We'll be back here tomorrow. We'll do it all over again. Stay tuned. we got our great Monday night lineup starting with the Laura Flanders Show. Support for Radio Catskill comes from Van Gorder's Furniture, featuring Lodge and Adirondack styles as well as rustic collections, with showrooms at Lake Wall and Poppock, downtown Honesdale, and Milford, PA. Van Gorder's Furniture brings the outdoors inside. VanGorders.com From Dog Mountain Lodge. Providing dog boarding and grooming, also boarding cats, birds, and other exotic pets. Located in Keshekta, New York, and on the web at dogmountainlodge.com. And from listeners like